I think that I think we're talking about really amazing, awesome kids who experience the world differently and process information differently. Right. And no two kids are the same. Whether or not they have a diagnosis or a formal evaluation, no two kids are the same. I mean, I have seen so many, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of children at every stage of development. And they're, there's just really awesome, and incredible things Thank you about all each for one. tuning in to another episode of ADHD. It's my superpower. Which it is, right? It's a podcast that's brought to you to educate, inspire, and bring helpful resources to all of the parents and kids. And matter of fact, everyone out there who may be dealing with some form of a diversion family member, friend, or anyone. Trust us, we feel your struggle. Yes, yes. We love to do this because without the research that we did, we would be probably in some places that we felt like we didn't know what to do either. (laughs) No. But we have a great guest that's going to be coming on, that's talking to you about some of the information. And she's written books, been in this um, this platform for 20 plus years. So teacher. Yes, when we're talking about experience, this person knows it. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring on our guest. We have, and I'm going to make sure I get this name correct because we were practicing Aspenay. it all day. My wife said it correctly three times and I was like saying it wrong. She, he just but, can't get it. You know. But we have Miss Beautiful Aspenay. name, by the way. And then we're going to have her pronounce it. But here she is, ladies and gamer. How Give it a round of applause. Yay. Yay. So welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? Thank you for Hello. being here. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm yes, so excited to get to chat welcome. with both of you. Yes, yes, definitely. So before we begin, let's do this, okay? Because I want our listeners to make sure they get it right because I take pride in the person's name and I love it. So would you do us a favor and ensure that it's pronounced correctly? Will you tell the listeners and pronounce your name correctly and also tell them a little bit about who you are as well? Sure. My name is Afsane Maradian. And I am the founder of MLC Homeschool Coaching, which is much easier to say than <laughs> okay. my name. I know it's And I, I've been a teacher. I got into education over 20 years ago at the preschool level. And from there, I've taught every age from preschool through, up through college and even graduate school. And so I've, I've kind of seen it all. And I've been homeschooling my own high needs child for many years. And now I work with parents to support them in their struggles with figuring out how to create the right homeschooling experience for their neurodivergent and high needs. Love that. Love it. And I I love the the phrase you use high needs as well. Uh, Yeah. You know, because we've been working to find uh, the right phrase and because you know, we usually say with a disability and I hate that. And I wanted to find something that's more encompassing and encouraging. And I love that high needs yeah, um, phrase definitely. and so forth. So great, great. I love that. So let's start off by talking maybe about um, the homeschooling process, because maybe there's some parents out there right now who have some high needs um, children. And because we're in some groups and we see it often, they say Very often. the teachers are telling them the kids are going to have to stay home and they might have to go to homeschooling. So uh, was that a choice of yours or was it reflective of maybe you felt 
the school was going to kind of push you in that direction anyway. So you started that process. How did you get uh, to go in that direction? Yeah, I think I think my experience is a very common one. Unfortunately, we had to make the decision at the preschool level because the only preschools in our area were academic preschools, not play based. And so when our child went to school, to preschool, they were great. They did great in the classroom. They followed instruction. They did all the activities, but it was so draining and exhausting to them to have to be controlled, to be told what to do and how to do it every second of the school day that when they came home, they were like a completely different person and just a monster because they couldn't handle being told what to do and how to do it one more time. So I really got the worst of my child and I had to decide Is this the relationship that I want? Am I going to give the best of my child to a school where they're not thriving so that I get the worst that's left over because they just can't handle it anymore? Or do I want to actually experience the best of my child and get to enjoy parenting and, you know, figure it out myself to take over their their school? Absolutely. That's great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I see, you know, a lot of parents have that experience and they try to figure out why. Why is my child just really misbehaving in such an extreme way after school? And it's it's that it's the pressure and the demand to have to follow those rules and conform and do all the activities that you maybe don't really want to do in a way that isn't right for you. And then they can't. They can't take it. <laughs> they can't take it after school. Yeah. And then there are the kids who don't have the ability to do everything they're asked to do in school. And then they're considered behavior problems because right. they're disrupting the flow of the class. Mm-hmm. So I do think that a lot of families are looking at homeschooling because schools are not able to provide the environment that mm. their kids need. And I, I think that's unfortunate. I think that schools yeah. should because we pay taxes <laughs> for those schools, but it's not really happening. So, you know, we know kids with anxiety, kids who get easily frustrated, kids who need to move more, kids who need anything different and are not really okay with assignments that are so focused on preparing for standardized tests right. that are very you know, tedious, boring, all, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's time to create something new for those kids and so we do it at home well that's important because i wanted to say something because i admire what you do because a lot of parents work and they struggle with you know finding balance in between family and you know things like that but to to sit back and just what is going on with my child a lot of parents don't think that way they just think that their parent or that their kid is just acting out or being bad Mm -hmm. and they don't see it as a something going on and they need to sit down and talk with them and find out what's going on with them they just assume that they're just bad and that's it and they don't try to communicate anything with their child or try to balance anything with their child or bring you know try to meet their child in the middle with stuff so I think that's very important and very 
amazing that you do that and that you even thought about, Hey, what's going on? What, what do I, um, what can I do to make my child better and, 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 and help him grow as an individual. So I think that's very important that you do that. Yeah. I think a lot of parents should sit back and say, Hey, there's something going on instead of just thinking, Oh, they're bad. They're acting out They're You know, they just want attention. So I think that's very important that for parents to sit back right. and do that. Yeah. So I applaud you for that. Definitely. And, and we appreciate you coming and talking because one of the main things kind of like what you said as well is taking uh destigmatizing, this conversation right so that parents and other people can understand this is a needed conversation and i I was going to ask you within that realm of the neurodivergion and children like that do you think that there's different levels of um the how uh, how much exhaustion a kid is giving out because i I read some stories and i hear parents say i get to the stoplight and he took off his seatbelt and he's upside down in the in the, in the car, in the seat, car seat, and he they have to pull over to put right. him back in the car seat. Right, and then you just have some parents say, <laughs> "My kid just talks a thousand beats a minute." Yeah, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I think that I think we're talking about really amazing, awesome kids who experience the world differently and process information differently. Right, and no two kids are the same. Whether or not they have a diagnosis or a formal evaluation, no two kids are the same. I mean, I have seen so many, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of children at every stage of development. And there, there's just really awesome, incredible things about each one. When you get to, you know, more challenging, you can say challenging children. I have, I have a very challenging child. I really understand. I've taught, you know, whole classrooms of very high needs children who need something different. And I think, so I don't really look at it in terms of levels. I look at it in terms of individuality. Okay. And, you know, sometimes like to me, the, the more challenging the behavior, the more interesting and the more flexibility and creativity is required from me. So I actually you know, I thrive on that. I know, I know it's really hard, but I really, I really love it because if you, if you don't see a child as something to fix, right? If you don't see, oh, I have to fix my child's behavior. I have to make them different. If you don't see it that way, if you see it as this is who my child is and I want to understand and I want to be in their world and I want to understand why they're doing what they're doing so that then I can help them be safe and I can help them make good decisions and I can be a part of, you know, the fun that they're having. How much fun would it be to be upside down in a car seat in a moving car? Like that must be so much fun, right? I thought about that too. (laughs) Okay. So, not for myself, there's a, there's but just, a reason. yeah, just what goes wow. on through their head right. to and make not, them feel like they need to be upside down in a car <laughs> seat, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think it's fun until I get the, uh, the, the, the fine for that ticket <laughs> and I got to pay it. No, it's not, it's not safe. I'm not saying let your child no, no, do no, it. I'm I just know. saying right. you can under, 
understanding why understanding the why makes all of the difference yes. oh that's so fun but you can't do it in a moving car because mm. it's not safe and look outside you know and then you have yeah. the discussion of the why yeah and i think i think that that's that part gets taken out because there's a lot of pressure on parents to fix their children so that they can you know, function in the classroom setting so it doesn't disrupt anyone else. And then when you homeschool, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have any of that. You know, there's no peers being affected. There's no school administrators that are going to walk in and, you know, say, what is this craziness? Teacher, you're fired. Like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about behavior management in the school. When you're at home, there's a little bit more room for fun. You know, you can jump up and down and count by five. You can, you know, do sight reading hopscotch. You can make everything into a game to make it more fun. You can focus on the fun and the connection while the learning is happening. And I I know that's not how a lot of people see it, but then that spark and that connection kind of gets lost because then you maintain that, that, um, power dynamic and that control, like do this assignment because I tell you to. Right. And that's not, that's not really the joy of yeah. homeschooling. That's not, yeah. that's not the fun part. Definitely can see where you're coming from. Right. And so you were talking to us about some books or something I recall in which you were uh, stating and uh, how you structured the books to be in that kind of format of what you're saying that help guide parents and guide the kids through that. Would you kind of talk a little bit about your books and you know and reference that how it help uh, how it would help yeah. other parents as well yeah oh i'd love to um yeah i'm the author of a picture book series called jamie is jamie and it's centered around a child named jamie and we don't know if jamie is a boy a girl trans non-binary we don't know because yeah. it just doesn't matter So Jamie is kind of the guide throughout the series. In the first book, it's all about, you know, play with whatever toys you want. Toys and playtime isn't gendered. It's really about being free to learn through play, to learn how to be a good friend, to, you know, explore your imagination and not have any limits based on what are toys for girls and what are toys for boys. We're going to just get rid of that division and let kids feel free to be themselves. Yeah. And then the second book is all about um, pronouns and people's pronouns and how pronouns change and not to make assumptions about what someone's pronoun is, just mm. you know, to ask and introduce and just really create accepting, respectful spaces for other kids. Because some kids have, you know, like my child uses the singular they as their pronoun. And it's really important that everyone feel valued and celebrated for who they are. If they change their name, if they change their pronoun, that's great, right? Everybody can handle that. No, absolutely. And then the third book is about self-advocacy for kids, how to share with the adults in your life what you really think and feel and how adults can really listen and hear and help children feel heard so that that trust is established for kids to be able to share really important things with the adults in their lives, which, you know, we know how important that is for, you know, when something very serious happens, kids have to feel like they have 
at least one adult that they can um, trust to confide in who's going to take them seriously. Yeah. And so that that's what that book is about is sharing, sharing with grownups, which is hard. It's hard for a child to tell a, a parent that yes. they actually don't like the thing that the parent wants them to do. And oh, yeah. To disappoint feel like they're going to disappoint their parents. So oh, yeah, that's, that's what the books. And books we are about that. that. Yeah, we love that because we, we, we share that with our son to let him know, hey, you, you have every right to express your feelings. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, it may not always you know go the way you want it to, but you're free to share that with us. So yeah. for the listeners who are just hearing you speak that, where can they find those books? Because I know someone is saying right now when they're going to listen to this, yes. oh my goodness, I could use something like that. Where can I find it at? Well, they're, they're available on Amazon. Um, if you look up Jamie is Jamie is the first book. Um, Jamie and Bubby is the second. And um, Jamie's class has something to say is the third. And then every they're all available on the Free Spirit publishing website also. Okay. But I know people usually use Amazon to get you know, <laughs> yeah. free shipping. <laughs> That's That's where from, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Amazon uh, Prime, yes. So, okay. And so I think there was another thing that we were gonna um kind of get into about the um uh, the no factor, right? The um, when uh, when kids um resist and they say no, what it was some techniques or some things parents out there yeah. can you know use and work with what did to adjust with that when your child is resisting learning yeah what what are the tactics that you use to enforce those to be like okay we need to stop messing around now we could do this playfully but we still need to learn <laughs> right right well i think i mean i want to say i get to i get to explain this a lot more in um the anti-resistance homeschooling roadmap that i put together so i'm just going to give some of the highlights sure. okay. but for any parent really struggling with this i encourage you know to come to come to my website and get you know more resources get more support so the first thing i know this is going to sound so different than how people think about it but when a child says no they're they're putting up a boundary and they're saying no for a reason. You don't have to agree with the reason, but it's they have a reason for saying no. So rather than jump to the conclusion that my child is testing my authority is or you know questioning my authority or is being lazy or is being defiant, right? A lot of a lot of kids get a diagnosis of um oppositional defiance disorder. So the parents kind of expect them to say no, and then they, they are prepared to, you know, push back when the child says no. Mm. But if we, if we trust our kids, not just love them, but if we trust them, then we have to trust that they're saying no for a real reason. And so it makes sense to find out why. So the first response should really be a question. Why not? Like, no, I can't do that. Why not? Because it's too hard. So then instead of saying, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can do it. If a child is saying, I can't do it, it's too hard. Then we really have to find out, well, what makes it too hard? Right. What is, what is stopping you from being able to do this? Maybe it's too hard. Maybe the child doesn't remember how to multiply by two. 
And if you don't know how to multiply by two, you can't do the homework or the assignment. So, you know, our kids, just like us, they forget things. They learn, they know one day, they forget the next, they need some reinforcement. Maybe the assignment that they're being asked to do holds absolutely no meaning or connection for them, and they just can't do it. That is really hard for neurodivergent kids to do um, academic assignments that they can't connect to or feel like there's any purpose. Mm. So that might be a block. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's developmentally inappropriate. I mean, I remember before we took my child out of preschool, the, you know, there were these books to practice writing your letters. So, you know, to ask a four-year-old to write the letter E 16 times is like, you know, or even 10 times can just seem just like torture for the child right? Like, think about it. Would you really want to do that with your tiny hand, just being able to hold a pencil to have to write the letter E over and over and over again? So maybe it's developmentally inappropriate. And they're saying, I can't, I'm not ready to do this. I can't do this the way you want me to do it. But children can't, they can't say all of that. They don't know how to find those words and those ideas. So they say no. And then if we say yes, then they say no louder and stronger because they can't do it the way they're being asked to do it. They can't do it. So then it's up to us as the adults to find out why, to guide the process, to make the adjustments so that they can do it. Or if they really can't, to drop it and give them something to do that's going to help them get to the point where they can do the thing that they were originally asked to do. Definitely right? understand. So that's that's that missing yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. love that. Yeah. That, you know, it's such great points. Have, yeah. Cause we have issues sometimes with our son and forgetfulness and yeah. short term memory <laughs> with yeah. certain things. Mm-hmm. Tell him to go brush his teeth and clean his room. And he comes down and says, what did you say again? And we're like, we just told you to go. Br- okay. One thing at a time. <laughs> Go brush your teeth yeah. and then come back down here and we'll talk again. <laughs> well, that's that's amazing if you can even get that. My feeling is, you know, kids are, are very easily distracted. Very. And if you want those teeth brushed, you kind of need to be hanging out, you know, where you can like see them. Right. Because yeah. yeah, we he has you one that, you know. yeah, yeah, he has one that's electronic. So if we don't hear it, we're like, we can't hear you brushing your teeth. <laughs> right, exactly. Because what happens is there's a reflection on the wall and the reflection on the wall is so interesting that they completely forget what they were asked to do. Yes. So that's all, that's all developmentally, you know, it's developmentally appropriate, but it gets worse. I mean, teenagers are so forgetful and I feel like it really isn't even until you know, we have to get full-time jobs and pay our rent that then we have to like really pay attention to what time it is and what are we supposed to do? Cause yes. we're going to get fired. Yes. So, you know, some of these, some of these things are just parents, as parents, we have to suffer through the endless, you know, you can put up a checklist, you can, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do, but our kids are never going to remember yeah. what we've asked them to do 
and then just go do, I mean, that maybe if you, if you have that experience, contact me and let me know what your secret is. Because <laughs> Ours is really, saying you know, over, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> We're going to keep a tally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we have a checklist right. like on our refrigerator. We have a checklist in the morning. He has to check. It says clean room, clean bathroom. Exactly fed his hamster so there's a list that we just push the checks over so he knows it's in writing what he has to do every day mm -hmm. so he doesn't forget and so he gets rewarded when he does do that yeah that's brilliant so that helps yeah. us no we have well. a big we have a big long schedule yeah definitely but I, I'm just saying it's a very rare child that if yeah. you just ask them to go do something that they go do it. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's Absolutely. part of the job. Yes. We have to remind and remind and reinforce. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that goes with even kids without a disability or a learning disability or anything. Kids itself, you just have to be patient with. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general. Humans. Yeah, just we, in general. There's so much going on in the world. And sometimes I think that we forget yeah. because especially now with everything that's happened during the pandemic and just how things have shifted that it, it, it rocked our world as adults. It yeah, made us absolutely. And we forget like if we're going through this mental, imagine what our kids whatever, are going. Yeah. So let to take a second just to be like, Hey, they, they are going through some things yeah, also. So definitely we appreciate that. So um, any final words, right. anything that you want to share with the listeners or, you know, any last thing you want to gonna just bring out to their attention? Well, just to say that, you know, you can expect some struggles as a parent. And definitely when you parent neurodivergent and high needs kids, there are definitely those moments of meltdowns and, you know, crises that happen. But it really doesn't have to be the, the dominant thing that doesn't have to be your main experience with your child and certainly not homeschooling. So if that's the situation that you're in, if you're homeschooling and every day is a struggle to get some learning assignments happening, if it, you know, breaks down into power struggles and tears and meltdown, you know, all of that, then really it's time to stop and, and reevaluate what your homeschooling looks like and what your practice is. And, you know, maybe be open to making some changes so that you can create an experience that's going to meet your unique child's needs, right? And maybe get some support with that. So that's all I want to say. Like, we know it's a challenge to have high needs kids, but we are not supposed to suffer through the process. Mm. We are supposed to make some adjustments to create an environment and dynamics and communication that it can work for us and for them. So if that's not happening, then it's really a, a sign to, you know, reach out and get some support so that that is your life. Right? Yes, absolutely. And where can find, where can people find you and talk about or get information for you? Yeah. Your courses or maybe yeah. just your book, your anything book. your website. Yeah. I know you mentioned it. Can you spell it out for the listeners? We'll put it in the show notes, but just in case. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It's um, mlccoaching.com. And everything is on there. And I have um, free 30-minute consultation calls. So if you're just, you know, having some doubts or dealing with some specific issues and you'd really like some feedback or some immediate support, you can schedule a call and we can talk about it. 
And then on the website, I have some um, video trainings that are accessible that you can get immediately, immediate access to. And then I also have, you know, one-to-one coaching support for people who need a little bit more guidance and want, you know, some extra support to, to transform things a little faster. So that's, that's me. I'm pretty easy to find. (laughs) Perfect. We appreciate that. I love that. Thank you so much for this because this, this, even just the, 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 us taking the time to talk about this, there's one person out there who's going to be listening to this that I feel it can benefit, right? Because there's someone right now who is maybe feeling lost, feeling like, Mm. Hey, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And we want you all to know for the listeners, you're not alone. There are several parents, several people going through something similar to that. Reach out. Um, so like she just said, even for, for that consultation and just say, Hey, what can I do? Right. Don't, don't, don't keep it in. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. don't keep it in yourself because, like you said, maybe you need to reevaluate some things that are happening. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. When you're when you're in it, go ahead, finish. Thank you. I was just gonna say when you're when you're in it, it's so hard to imagine it could be different. Yeah. And I just wanted you know for everyone listening, I promise you, it can be different and it can be better. I know it seems impossible and that it's just going to be a big struggle, but absolutely, absolutely. It can be better than it is. And thank you so much for, for having me. No, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on here and sharing everything. Yes. Stick with us really quick. We're going to uh, go ahead and get some sponsorships done and we'll be right back with you for one second. Thank you so much. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of ADHD is my superpower (laughs) (laughs) yeah with the podcast again like we said we just want to educate and inspire you and we sincerely appreciate each and every one of you and like you just heard from our guests uh and i'm gonna say it i'm gonna try it again afsane okay she said you're not in this by yourself right don't feel like that reach out i don't care even if you feel hey you know what i i'm at my end's wit reach out because there are people who everybody needs and has worked some type of support yes so thank you guys for listening and until the next episode and until we speak again enjoy yourselves and just keep loving yourself and your children have a good day